0: I couldn't crawl through my computer fast enough before I was like, are you effing kidding me? Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to Unscripted, episode number 169. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, with me as deemed by the one and only Mandy Rudd, the proud patriarch of pre-production paper proofs for promotional products professionals, the one and only Kirby Hassam. And Kirby, how the hell are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. I can't even comment on that uh, title because I don't really understand it, but I really do appreciate the effort that is put into the alliteration. Love alliteration. So I'm
0: doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, and, and you are the patriarch of pre-production paper proofs for all the promotional products professionals, I think, <laughs> at least, and that's in my opinion, and Mandy's obviously as well. Yeah. No, I'm doing great, uh, back from our, our time in San Diego, and, yes. and ready to uh, hit the ground running and, and, and just be a, be excellent today. But you know what else is excellent, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, thank you so much for asking. That would be our good friends over at Bam Bams, and I know you've cus- checked out their custom headwear program. Absolutely. Fully custom caps designed by your team, their team. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because it's going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval. Not 45 days, not 30 day, 31 days, 30 days or less from sample approval. And even better news, Kirby, I bet you want some better news. I definitely always want better news. BamBams has added factories in Vietnam, so they're completely not impacted by the tariffs moving forward. So stock or custom, you need to let BamBams be your first and only thought for custom headwear. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at a aluminum level? An aluminum level today? That sounds about right. So it's something that can be recycled. Yes, <laughs> yes. Much like the opening, I've already screwed up twice. Um, <laughs> why don't you start us off with a topic while I pretend to listen?
1: Okay, that sounds great. So um, recently, you wrote a blog post um, I did. about um, being more joyful. And uh, kind of, you know, there's a difference between happy and joyful. I thought it was a really, really well-written piece. Um, I was reminded of it yesterday because I was listening to an interview with Casey Neistat. um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a fan of Casey. I know that you're Mm -hmm. not the biggest fan, but he has...
0: I'm not familiar enough to be a fan or not a fan. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest.
1: Well, I, I am a fan of his, and if for those who do know, Casey is a vlogger, and he was a pro, he is a prolific vlogger. So he literally did an everyday mm-hmm. vlog for like 800 episodes or something like mm-hmm. that. And he in the interview, he if, for those who are fans of Casey, you'll know that he's taken a step back. He has not been uploading at almost at all. He's got 11 million subscribers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and in the interview, he's talking about burnout. Yep. And he said that you know when he first started this journey that uh, people warned him about burnout. And he mm-hmm. thought, look, and I love this quote. He said, burnout is for weak people. Okay. You don't know who I am. Right. And then he was like, I got so burned out <laughs> that I was angry all the time. I was really uh, struggling with it. And, and I'll be the first to admit, though I actually love the, um, the idea I love mm-hmm. the, the, the grind, the hustle, goals, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I've, over the last year, struggled a couple different times um, with burnout a bit, right? Like, and I, I was wondering if that related back to your blog about being joyful, if it had anything to do with that, if it was just internal, just, and, and I guess
0: I wanted to see how you're doing on the idea of being more joyful. Good question. Um... Because you asked. Yes. Um, I It does not have any – I don't believe in burnout. Um, I mean, I believe I, – let me phrase that. Burnout exists. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I really try to avoid burnout by True. varying activities and so on and so forth. The, the the impetus of that blog post, and I think it was discovering joy while chasing happiness. Yep. It's just kind of a light bulb that went off as I went down a uh, YouTube rabbit hole okay. a couple of months ago. And just the difference between joy and happiness. And I think as a society, we tend to equate the two. And they're very different. You know, Mm -hmm. happiness is something we chase. And it's a temporary feeling like a drug. And joy is more of a decision and a state Mm -hmm. of mind. So I can walk, you and I can walk down the same street. And I might find joy because my perspective is different in things you would be annoyed by or vice versa. Right. And I tend to be, for the most part, a joyous person, but I've also found that sometimes I get away from that. Yeah. And I chase that happiness. I chase that dragon of, I want to be happy. And, and so just kind of resetting my brain that happiness is a temporary state of being. Um, You know, I think Don Draper said it once in in an episode of mad men and it it resonated with me then too. You know what happiness is? It's a moment before you need more happiness. Hmm. And I love that quote because um, that's really very truthful. So I've really tried to, no matter what the situation is, to really focus on the joy and get zen about things. And it's just been a very nice mind shift for me, or I guess re-mind shift because I've, I've generally been like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's been a burnout thing for me, to, to answer your question. I just didn't like chasing Something that things were out of my control, right? So, and so, and that's a lot. A lot of what happiness tends to be you chase things that are outside of your control.
1: So you're kind of. I think if I'm hearing you right, you're saying, look, I think that uh, true joyfulness is a mindset. It is oh, a foundational piece.
0: It it's a belief system. Yeah. I think just like having a shitty attitude is a belief system. Yeah. You know, it's people who walk. There are people who walk around and they believe they're victims. It's somebody else's fault, Um, it wasn't my fault, and everybody gets all the breaks, and and blah, blah, blah. And and honestly, that's just, that's as much of a choice as it is being joyful. Yeah. Um, And so I just tend to choose to be um, more on the positive side of that scale. Yeah,
1: it's funny, I I wasn't intending to bring this up, but it reminds me of a blog post I wrote recently uh, referring to Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. Um, where he talked about walking down the street and having somebody come up to him and say, "Hey, we're thinking of moving here. Um, mm-hmm. What what's it like?" And he was like, "Well, that depends. What's it like where you come from?" And mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, they're all the people are crappy. They steal from you. They're they're you know they t- talk behind your back. They're bad." He's like, "Well, right. that's pretty much what you'll find here." And then five minutes later, somebody comes up and says, "Hey, we're thinking of moving here. He yeah. What what do you, what's it like where you live?" He's like, "Oh, everybody's great. Everybody helps each other out." He's like, "That's what you'll find here, right?" Uh, because what you seek you really do, you really do find. And that Absolutely. obviously there are, there are challenges in every community, in every mm-hmm. business, in every organization. But the reality of it is, you know, the it is, I believe it's biblical for a reason. What you seek, you shall find.
0: No, and I, I couldn't agree more, you know, and it's like I said, it's one of those things that I've been feeling a lot of stress mm-hmm. um, at work. And I think it's because I'm, I'm trying to, I was trying to chase happiness right. and, and I'm just much, I find I'm actually more productive that I find, I, you know, I'll remind myself, hey, you know, there are little things I can find joy in every day, even on the worst day. Right. It's still a good day. Yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. Well, that's, good. that's good. Thanks, man. All right. So, Kirby, I've been wanting to bring this up for a while Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. The Ohio State University. Sure. So, uh, the university there in Columbus, um, the Buckeyes have uh, – generally, if, if you don't know, when athletes or I would assume um, alumna, alumni introduce themselves and they say they're from Ohio State University, they, they're, they say they're from the Ohio State University. Sure. Not sure why that is. Don't really care unless you <laughs> want to share. But the university actually tried to trademark the word the – Um, Thankfully, for one of the few times in recent memory, a government office had some sort of intelligence and rejected that application. Of course. Kirby, why – first of all, kudos to them for rejecting that ridiculous request. And shame on your university of choosing for wanting to do – it. what a dumb thing to do, Kirby, to try to trademark the word the – The most common word in the uh, English language? I believe so.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, and boy, I I don't know the specific history of it, but I think it had to do with, um, you know, there's an Ohio University and then the Ohio State University. And Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, I swear it was like an athlete that that did it on an intro at one point, but I could be totally wrong on that. Um, and then it certainly took on a life of its own. You can actually buy hats that just say the oh, <laughs> on the hat. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I So, of course, from my perspective, of course, we shouldn't be able to trademark um, the word the. Yeah. Um, and when I say we,
0: I did not go to the Ohio State University. No, but you're so a fan. I'm you, a, yes, I am, but you I don't. don't don't want and to you're take allowed, for something. No, you're allowed to be a fan yeah. because you live in the state of Ohio. And sure. I'm not going to get into the whole rules of fandom at this point in time. We can do that somewhere down the road. Sure. You're allowed to be a fan of, of Ohio State University. But I see I, – I would. i I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't think – maybe it was an athlete. That, that I think yeah, is I, actually I, I, true. Yeah. I don't think it was the university itself because I've always thought of – It was Miami of Ohio. That's how I've always referred to that university. That's where no, where Ben Roethlisberger went. Did he go there? Yeah, so I've never, I've never confused the two, right? Ever. Um, But what's happened is now people say the Texas A&M University. (laughs) There's only one dipshit. (laughs) you know <laughs> well I,
1: the only thing i would say so this if if we are talking marketing and promo
0: we we are talking marketing market, and promo and all that it implies yeah
1: I, to be honest with you i think it's brilliant um mm-hmm. i i i don't think that of course we should be able to trademark the but the idea that they have applied for that is a topic of conversation all over the country we're talking about it now because of this absurd idea and it It has taken on a life of its own, and it has become a piece that you say, look, we are the university when
0: it comes to this or that
1: or the other thing. And so I think it's a piece that you tie to.
0: So that's what we've become in the society is shock and awe in marketing, no matter how preposterous it is, just to get a few little um, – just a little bit of attention. You you think that we've just become that? No. (laughs) I mean – that's, that's what marketing
1: has been for a long time, brother. Yeah, I know, but I'm sorry. There,
0: there's a line of ridiculousness when you crossed over into preposterous, and, yeah. and that's that's crossing over.
1: I mean, I guess, but again, I think it's one of those things that has taken... I mean, the idea that you have heard of this and other universities, the Texas A&M or you know, whoever would use that, it's taken on a life of its own. Oh, there's it has. Reason they, th- there's a reason that they wanted to trademark it, because it became such a big part of the persona, well, especially from athletics.
0: And I've got another example of that ridiculousness. So back in the day, like in the 50s, there were two New York Giants teams. There was a football Giants and a baseball Giants, and the Giants moved to San Francisco. But before they did, they were known as the New York football Giants, which made sense. Right. Okay? If I hear Jason Garrett refer to the Dallas football Cowboys one more time, (laughs) I am going to pull the remaining 17 hairs off the top of my head. I'm going to pull them out. There's no other football team. There's no other team in Dallas called the Cowboys. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, but again, I think that there is absurdity to
1: many of these things. But, you know, you asked me what I thought about the the trademark. I thought that's silly. But the idea that that we're – Uh, we and many other people are talking about it, gets Ohio State in the news.
0: Okay, Kirby, I'd like to stop talking about Ohio State University. You mean the Ohio State University? I I hate you. (laughs) Would you please switch us over to a topic of your choosing, sir?
1: I will. Uh, So um, you and I um, very recently got to see each other. Out on the West Coast for the inaugural Promo MBA event Mm -hmm. in San Diego. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Hey, great to see you, buddy. Good to see Uh, you. And I wanted to, you know, we talked a little bit that day. um, And, you know, as is the case with every... new venture, and this was brand new, and I, I, I've i said it a bunch of times, you guys, you and the Promo Corner team did a great job putting this together, partnering with Promo Marketing. I literally had nothing to do with this. I just showed up, and so um, I appreciate your hard work on it. I'm curious, after since the event is sort of in the rear view, even though very recently, what do you think you learned, um, and what are you looking forward to moving forward?
0: Wow. Um, I, I will say... It, it's very hard to <laughs> yeah. to start something like that from scratch I knew that of going in um, and uh, but glad glad we did it right. um,
1: makes you appreciate uh, some of the other events that
0: are put together I think in the industry right no no question and yeah. you know I, I I've done I've not done a full post-mortem on the event yet right um, but just spend some time with with um, you know, Kelsey Cunningham was there, and, and Lori Moore, and we we sat down and talked about it for a few hours, just kind of what went right, what didn't go right, what would we change? Man, and I don't want to get into all of that. Right. Um, I would give the event a solid B plus, Honestly, okay. yeah. um, I think the big things went really, really well. There'd be some some, some minor things I would tweak, but I, I'm very happy with the attendance. I'm very happy with um, the content that was provided. Uh, I thought the venue was was really strong. And I'm I I, so I don't remember what you asked me. I'll be honest Uh, with you. you I have no idea what you what did I learn? Yeah. Uh beyond the it's it's always you know, the devil's always in the details. Right. And so I you know, got there early, Mm -hmm. uh I you know made sure I was there early on Sunday to do a walkthrough before the the actual event on Monday, making sure as many details were as right as possible, making last minute changes, Mm -hmm. testing things, you know, it, it, it... Kind of sharpened my my uh, brain a little bit again, back on details. So I, I learned that you know I probably took on too much um, okay. to be very candid with you, um, and so I need to as we look at the next one, and there will be a next one. It'll be uh, March 9th of twenty twenty in uh, Nashville, actually. Sweet um and you know as we look to you know for how what the speaker sit- list is going to look like and how we can maybe add a little more energy to it a little more interaction and do some of the things like that so i'm already starting to move on to the next one um but not before we will do a full postmortem but just learned that i really need to involve others earlier mm. um especially on my team i think i waited too long to kind of uh, ask for help right and um that's so a great say, lesson th- yeah so i'd say that that was my that was my biggest takeaway. I could see the things that were lacking that probably a lot of other people m- probably maybe not have noticed. Um, and there were things that were probably avoidable had I involved others earlier in the process. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I, so you obviously you were in the unique position of sort of being the event organizer, but also uh, on stage speaking. Yep. And um, I, I felt like it, as the day got on, you, you, Loosened up. I think at the beginning it felt like you were nervous in um, a totally understandable way. It's not a critique at all, um, and I, I did think I was like, "Gosh, that you, you, you took on a lot. You took on a lot." And yeah. uh, so I think that your take that uh, involving others and, and and again take that in the vein that I mean it. It's not a critique. It's a. Uh, your friend (laughs) that day, I was, you could tell you were stressed, I guess.
0: uh. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, here's where I felt stressed, Kirby. It was the moment I got there from 8 o'clock, I had 8 o'clock, the Mm -hmm. event really started off at 9. I just wanted people to get there. Yeah. You know, it's like, are people going to show up who said they were going to show up? And so honestly, honestly, once I introduced uh, Paul Kiwi, who was our opening speaker, I actually was fairly zen about the whole thing. Yeah. I was happy with the crowd. I was happy with everything else um, and all this. So I, I actually was very zen about all of it. Um, but, yeah, in the beginning, I, I, was, I was a little nervous. and I was a little scattered. But I think that I'd rather have that type of energy totally. than be like, eh, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So. Yeah, and
1: for what it's worth, you know, and you and I do a, a fair amount of speaking. You've done more than me, but I've done a fair amount. That morning, um, I woke up at 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was nervous and mm-hmm. obviously I didn't have the work that you had put into it and for whatever reason it was like I woke up at four and I was anxious and I think it was just you know whenever you're doing something new whenever mm-hmm. you're putting yourself out there in that way um, it regardless of how many times you've done you know the specific activity sure. it, it's, uh, it it creates some anxiety and so right. um, again Kudos to you. Kudos to your team. So well, nice it, was,
0: it was definitely a group effort, and and so thank you for that. Um, I really do appreciate it. There, you know, I'll be writing a blog post about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear the plans
1: for uh, March 9th in Nashville. Yeah. that's it's the idea that it's going to move forward. I think is exciting.
0: Yeah, so um, I would be remiss if I didn't thank the, the good folks over at, uh, at Promo Marketing, you know, Chip Danby and Mike Bloom and yes. uh, their team over there, really helpful. Couldn't do it without them. And then my team, obviously, Kelsey Cunningham and, and Lori Moore really kind of uh, pitched in. And so definitely, uh, definitely, a, and then obviously you and Paul Kiwi mm-hmm. um, coming in and speaking. Uh, so couldn't have done it without you. You know what else we can't do without Kirby? What's up, Bill? so glad you asked Kirby that'd be our good friends at Tervis and the fact that they are sustainable I love this message and we actually had they were a sponsor yes. of the promo NBA event gave out some great classic Tervis tumblers now you did you know that Americans dispose of about 50 billion that's with a B single use plastic water bottles every year really that's a yep. ton only 23% are recycled and that, that's the number that surprised me Yeah. so because they ship so many tumblers um, Tervis has produced and shipped over 150 million tumblers since 2000, and that could have prevented a total of over 1.75 million single-use water bottles from entering landfills, waterways, and oceans every year. Wow, that's crazy. So, so that's just a that's just a top, a top line of what they are because it is a sustainable product, right? You, you get a Tervis, you keep it forever. It's really made for for life. Right. But what else they're doing? They've been, you know, we know, but they've been making that high-quality reusable plastic drinkware for a long time, but their colorful and expressive designs also make it something people want to hold onto for a lifetime. And, and here's my favorite thing. They offer an industry-leading guarantee that ensures every single product that's deemed effective because things do happen. Sure. And it's returned to Turvis, It's replaced with a new one to encourage continuous sustainable practices. But then the return drinkware, Kirby, is not just recycled, but it's upcycled into new usable materials, and that's going to prevent any contribution to the waste stream. Wow. Yeah, so if you want to learn more and I know you do, go ahead and visit our good strong friends over at turvispromos.com for more information. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Kirby, I'm about to get angry. Okay? And I don't I'm excited. And this this is not this is not fake anger. This is actually angry. Okay. So I saw this on the news yesterday and it just pissed me off. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So apparently there's an American fashion brand called Bustroy, B S T R O Y, Bustroy as opposed to Destroy. Okay. And they are introducing, they have introduced um, hoodies that are, I don't know how else to put this, but they are um, school shooting themed. Oh, Jesus. Um, Yeah, they are distressed with the appearance of bullet holes. And there are four designs. One says Sandy Hook, one says Stoneman Douglas, one says Virginia Tech, and one says Columbine for the deadliest school shootings in the United States. I couldn't crawl through my computer fast enough before I was like, are you effing kidding me? And I just wanted to, you know, I think, and and I just want to go on a little rant here, and you can just say I get it and agree with you, and we can move on. You can say whatever you want to say. It Made me so furious, and I, you know, look, we have freedom of spree- speech and freedom of expression in this country, and I'm so glad that we do because it gives me the freedom to express that I think you're a bunch of asshats over at Bestroy for trying to not only capitalize financially on, on something we all consider a crisis these days, the the number of mass shootings in our country, but the fact that you're you're you are. Um, almost mocking what has happened in the past. Uh-huh. And, and you know, hey, it, it is the United States, you can do that, but, you know, thankfully we have the right to say that is disgusting. That is, uh, it makes my stomach turn just to think mm. about it. And I couldn't believe that someone, and they defend it. Hey, you know, this is just, some, I don't remember the exact quote, I got so angry I couldn't write it down. So I'm not even gonna try to attribute what they said, but they defended the fact that they were, it was some sort of irony um, in, this, in this apparel. And I just wanted to say that 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 is, from a marketing perspective, from a branding perspective, from a human perspective, it is absolutely 100% disgusting.
1: Despicable. and I didn't know anything about this. This is the unscripted podcast, so you're getting a very um, authentic response from me. I, literally, you said it. It was like somebody just kicked me in the stomach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't believe... You know, one of the things that we have talked about in the past is that the great thing about our culture today is that everybody has a voice. Mm-hmm. And the bad thing about our culture today is that not everyone de- deserves one. Right. And this is a yes, there is freedom of speech. And yes, there are things that are in poor taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you that... That is the most disgusting thing I've heard I, in I, a long, long time.
0: I just sent you the link through the portal we use to record the podcast. So you can click on there, Kirby, and actually see these, actually, these sweatshirts. You can see them. I mean, I'm not to, am I describing them accurately? They have, they're, they're distressed to make it look like they have bullet holes in them.
1: Yes. And, you know, it, I think that one of the pushbacks that sometimes – Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah and it, I mean it, I'm not I'm am I exaggerating in any way shape or form? Well they're not like they yeah they have holes in the sweatshirts. Yes. Like um the idea that
1: um I guess in the pushback that I could I could hear someone saying and I uh, is that you know us talking about it gives it some level of no. promotion and what I would say is us talking about it gives other people the ability to reach out with the absolute uh, I hope outrage that um anyone with some sense of decency would have. This is, it, the irony behind this is it makes me want to reach out and strangle somebody. Well, and that's so the thing. I, I, I've
0: never been more angry reading something in a long time. So I, I, That was weird. But I haven't been that angry reading something in a long, long time. And we're not giving it credence at all, at yes. least not in my mind. If we don't talk about these things and express our frustration, disgust, despicableness, whatever word you want to put on it, then aren't we just as complicit?
1: Yes, that's right. You know, what's the, I think there's a quote that it says that um, that bad things happen when good people stop talking. And and this is a thing that you just go, oh, come on, folks, that's not good enough. That's just not good enough. Um, So thank you for sharing this with me. But yeah, I mean, honest to God, I'm like like tingly. That is gross.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's bad news. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you, but it was yeah. it. I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, whoa, what? Huh?
1: Yeah, I can't. That's, that is mind-blowing. I'm glad you brought it up.
0: Yeah. All right. Do you have one more topic, a quick one, before we uh, go yeah. on to other things?
1: Yeah, sure. So I was thinking um, – I'm, I'm looking. I've got a couple different topics I'm trying to think of that are quick. Okay, so this is a silly one uh, to, to kind of change the mood a little bit. So one of the big uh, brands in our world today is Burger King. Yep, and they are promoting a uh, the new Impossible Whopper. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind the Impossible Whopper is that it is a Whopper apparently that tastes like the Whopper, but it is not
0: made from meat. Right, familiar. It is it is meatless? Yes.
1: Okay. It is without meat. Yes. So here's my thing. As a and, and please understand that my I'm I'm going to ask this question. Um, I I have some thoughts about it, but I I, I truly am curious. Why? Why? So I am a, I, I am a uh, self-proclaimed burger eater. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I do eat meat. Um, and so I, I get the idea of a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle. I respect that. I do. Um, but I, I, I guess I'm curious because in my mind, it's like, well, the reason that you choose a, a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle, certainly there is the idea that they don't want to eat meat. But I always view that as a a health-conscious choice. Yes. So the idea that you'd be like, well, you know what I need? Mm -hmm. Fast food. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> like I, the irony of this seems super thick to me so but maybe i'm yeah. way off no what are your, just, what's your
0: take no i'll go pretty quick here um I, I don't here here's the thing i think it's just a marketing thing right now um and it, it, look they're the first ones to have nationwide the impossible burger i have not had one i also am a carnivore i love a hamburger to me it's when done perfectly it's the perfect food yep. um i do love a good hamburger a cheeseburger whatever um, to me, it's more of a marketing thing, and it, and and I get it, and and maybe it'll help people have a more healthy lifestyle, but I I would rank this under the uh, same. A banner of going to McDonald's, getting a big Mac, large fries and a diet Coke. So I, to me, it's, you know, if you're eating healthy, you're not going to Burger King anyway. right? So I, I, I yeah. Do I want to try an impossible burger? Yes, I do. Just because <laughs> And I ever not. <laughs> I, I just, just because I'm curious, I'm more curious than anything else. So you but should, I, you
1: should go to, go to a bowl and eat dog food.
0: because no. they've
1: said, they've said yeah. that the makeup of the impossible burger is, is, there's a lot of
0: similarity between that and dog food Mmm, alpo (laughs) all right so i just want to try it just to say i tried it so that's that's just me all right we are at the we are at the part of the podcast where one of us tells the other who the promo person of the week is we've talked about this in the past but i always like to remind anybody you never know if we have a third listener today It's dedicated to highlight the one person in the promotional products industry that's grabbing our attention. Age doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Affiliation doesn't matter. Nothing of that matters, Kirby. It's just right. are they grabbing our attention? Are they doing something that's different? Who, Kirby, is your promo person of the week? So it, one of the things that I've found is I tend to,
1: you know, the, person of the, the promo person of the week could be anybody. And there's so many people who are deserving of this each week. But they tend to be the person who's in front of me and the person who popped into my mind when I was thinking of the promo person of the week is Josh Robbins.
0: Okay, I like Uh, that.
1: Yeah, so Josh, uh, I got the opportunity to spend some time with Josh Mm -hmm. uh, out in California at the Promo MBA event, Mm -hmm. and not only at the event, but also at the, just the networking, yep. and two things come to mind. Number one, uh, he was one of the sponsors of the event, but not only did he support the event financially, but the reality of it is he sat in all day he to did. try and get himself uh, to, to learn, to grow, to support the event. I took that as a, as a true, uh, sincere compliment that he did that. Um, and then the idea that he sort of just gets it and has such an energy about the networking and making relationships and growing his business at Vol- promotions he's one of those guys that sort of inspires me in the industry and makes mm-hmm. me feel like and and I think he would get the sense of humor on this he makes me excited about badges yeah. and I think that it takes a special person to to dig into a category like that and, and fire you up about it
0: well I agree I think Josh is you know he's a personal friend um, definitely I've known Josh for probably seven or eight years now and we do things together socially and Josh is a great guy um and so I think that's a great pick for Poem Person Week. And I and it was very flattering, very honored. I was very honored that he sat in uh the entire day of the education. So Josh, next time I see you, I will bring your box of virtual high fives and I will make you an old fashioned of your choosing. Love that. My choosing. Yes. Love that. That's a good one. All right, Kirby. So now we're gonna talk about the best thing ever. And I've okay. I've got a really good one today. Okay. I'll be the judge of that, but all right. Yeah, well, you, oh, wow. Okay, that, was, <laughs> that was fairly hostile. Um, as, as Roger Wasson would say, why you got to be so angry? <laughs> um, the best food seasoning ever. What is the best food seasoning ever? I can go first if you need time no, to think about no. this.
1: You know, my first – I'll tell you what popped into my head and then my um, – what i would say is uh so super simple but salt uh mm-hmm. as as a rule is is something that i don't use a ton of but when done properly i think is is probably the most across the board but the one that actually is like lemon pepper okay a uh, lemon pepper i like it on uh chicken i like it on pork um and uh, just the best food seasoning for me is pride and, and again the the reality of it is and you know this i'm not Nearly the the cook, the chef, whatever that you are, Mm -hmm. uh, where I spend my time if I'm cooking is at the grill and uh, that is probably my go-to seasoning on the grill. So lemon pepper.
0: All right. So good choice. Unfortunately, not correct. Um, (laughs) What do you know? (laughs) Yeah. How how did that happen? Um, The best seasoning of all time is bourbon barrel smoked pepper. Hey, okay. I didn't even okay. know that existed. So that's Yeah, great. so so you know there's a local spice shop. I've talked about it on the podcast before right here in Franklin. My son works there. So okay. I That's right. I get a 30% discount. So if you want a 30% <laughs> discount? Come see me cuz it is a friends and family. Anyway, so they have this bourbon barrel smoked pepper and it's a coarse grind and so it is so good on everything. It just has it brings a campfire in, yeah. It's a campfire in a bottle, so I use it on burgers and meats like that. But then I also have I have some of the regular coarse grind that I put on burgers and steaks and things like that. And then I have an actual pepper grinder dedicated just for <laughs> the bourbon barrel smoked pepper. So I have it on a fine grind. Nice. So like the other night uh, when I got home um, from promo NBA, I want to have snack. Um, I like the little mozzarella balls that come in the tub of water. Okay. I put a little bit of kosher salt on that, and a little bit of that smoked black pepper and the fine grind, and it was—I I, I can't even describe how amazing it was. Wow. So, it to me, it's a very versatile one. It's not gonna—it's not too citrusy. Like you know, I do like lemon pepper, but that to me has very specific applications. It does. This hit. this I can put—I've put it in chili. I've put it in salsa I make. I've put it in guacamole to add a little bit of depth. It is amazing, bourbon barrel smoked pepper wins. Thank you, Kirby, for playing. <laughs> Write it down. Yeah, you, know, you know who else will make you win? Who's that, Bill? That would be our good friends over at Bam Bams in that custom headwear program. You know what we talk about? Fully custom caps. Doesn't matter who designs it, but as long as your customer approves it, you're gonna get it thirty days or less and bam bam has added factories in vietnam so they're not going to be impacted by those tariffs moving forward so you know what if you want custom headwear bam bam should really be your first and only thought kirby thanks again for doing the podcast thanks again for a great week out in san diego at promo MBA, and we'll look forward to talking to you next time